It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestone. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition education and counseling. Joining me today as our co-host is Joanne Rideout, who is a registered and licensed dietitian. You know, before coming to Nutritional Weight and Wellness, Joanne worked 25 years at Courage Center with people that had experienced maybe a stroke or had injured an injury in an auto accident. Yep. So, Joanne, (laughs) what other kinds of health conditions did people come to Courage Center to get rehabilitated with? You know, well, you mentioned auto accidents and, and often those are, were people that, um, had brain injuries, a traumatic brain injury or a spinal cord injury. Sometimes people were born with spina bifida Mm -hmm. or cerebral palsy. And often we had, had clients like that. But, you know, I was trying to think of other big categories. There's so many other diagnoses or conditions, anything that involved a physical disability that a person who needed to come for rehabilitation. So people that had concussions too? Uh, Somewhat, but they would have been in an outpatient program. I was working with people that were in Inpatient, yeah. yes. For 25 years. 25 years. Yes. That was a long time. It's hard to believe it was that long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at Nutritional Weight Wellness, Joanne is our go-to dietitian to help us figure out the best tube feeding formula for clients with special feeding problems. Yes. Because that was one of your expertise. That's one of the jobs I did was figure out the tube feeding. I worked very closely with the nurses on those jobs. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. So I know the first ingredient in tube feeding formula should be a source of protein, not sugar. And I bet there's a lot of formulas that have sugar as that first ingredient. Right. And so it takes a lot of research to recommend a formula that provides nutrients, not just calories. And often that first ingredient might be something like corn syrup. So Mm -hmm. we want to stay away from that. So, you know, it may not be a tube feeding formula, but if you look at something like Ensure. Yes, which so many people are using. Yes. And you look at the first ingredient. Do you remember what the first ingredient is? Don't remember exactly, but sugar was right up there. Yes. Corn syrup was right up there close to the top. Yes. yes. I think it is the first ingredient. It might be. So, you know, just kind of take a look at some of these formulas and see what you're putting in your body because right. they may not be the healthiest for you. Right. And I've met with clients at Nutritional Weight and Wellness that say, well, I'm not taking a vitamin, not that many, but a few. I'm not taking a vitamin. I just do one of those insurers or <laughs> one of those kind of drinks. And yes, I always say, well, that's probably not the best yes. choice. A lot of sugar. Yes. So before we get started on our topic, how to prevent incontinence. I mean, we're, we talk about anything on this show. We sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should share our views on the research about how eating processed meats can increase your risk of cancer. You know, it's certainly been in the news this week, over and over and over. And it's been on the TV and it's been in the newspapers. It has. And I think we agree with the research because we've always recommended eating bacon or deli meat that is organic 
without nitrates and other preservatives. So and that's one of the risk factors. Yes. So I think the hormones and chemicals that end up in our food supply fit into what the American Cancer Society found. I mean, this is kind of interesting because they found mm-hmm. that 41% of can- cancers are the result of environmental factors. Right. And you start to think, okay, what's an environmental factor? Mm-hmm. Well, preservatives. Yes. That would be in maybe bacon or ham or, you know, those things. Like nitrates. The nitrates. Yep. Hormones, antibiotics. I mean, animals that are shot full of antibiotics. Yes. That makes a difference. Well, and then, you know, you think about things like um, pesticides, insecticides. Yes. Hmm, I can't say that word. You know, <laughs> things, you know, the plastics that's in our environment. Right. So it's really interesting because most European countries... They don't even allow their food supply to have GMOs in it. No, they and, don't. And we are we we're have, allowing that. And we have a lot of it. A lot of the soy and corn feed has genetically modified. So also they said that eating red meat increased the risk of cancer. Well, they said it may, it may. may increase true. the risk. You know, I always say there is red meat and then there is red meat. You know, (laughs) a burger burger at a fast food place is nothing like eating a grass-fed burger you cook at home. And again, we always keep looking at the quality of food and trying to get foods that are not containing those, you know, pesticides, herbicides, antibiotics, all the things that, you know, nitrates, all those things. Right. Exactly. So it also made me wonder, so who has done a study on how cereal increases the risk of cancer? Oh. Or does soda increase the risk of cancer? Or M&Ms increasing the risk of cancer? Of course, the sugar is the common denominator there. Yes. And we do know that 23% of cancers are related to obesity, mm-hmm. which is related usually, not always, but usually to insulin resistance which then is, again, related to processed carbs like cereal and sugar. Right. So someone should do maybe a study like you suggested, (laughs) a study on how cereal and bagels are risk factor for cancer. Could be. And maybe that's been done. Maybe. We we haven't researched that one enough. Right. (laughs) So we still recommend eating red meat, but buy the better quality meat. Buy the meat without hormones, antibiotics, or preservatives because our bodies do need animal protein to build our immune system. And also mix up your meat. You Mm -hmm. know, some meat, some some poultry, some chicken, some turkey, some fish, fish, mix it up so it's not all red meat. But the other thing, we do need that animal protein to build our immune system. A strong immune system keeps cancer away. And along with the meat, it is really important to to do the balance. We always talk about it, nutritional weight and wellness. We want to have a lot of vegetables. We always talk about making sure we get at least five cups of vegetables a day. So extra vegetables, healthy fats also provide those cancer-protective antioxidants that we need. Hey, Joanne, I make my clients have five cups of vegetables per meal. Per meal. Wow. (laughs) No, we really go. Five cups is minimal. Yes, it is. At least five cups. We do say that. So let's switch to our topic, preventing incontinence, because I know everybody's listening about this. It may surprise you that incontinence is not a normal 
part of aging. I thought, oh, how nice that is to hear. Yes. And most, it is not something you have to live with. Right. There are some solutions. Exactly. And we're going to offer some nutritional solutions. Right. So nobody wants to talk about incontinence. So we may not have too many callers today. Mm -hmm. Maybe be somebody will be brought. Somebody might be surprise us. But it is the last thing women want to ask their doctor about even. But it is on our intake form when we're looking at the history um, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. So it is an important piece. You know, it's interesting, Joanne, as I was researching this, you know, you said that people don't want to talk to their doctor about it. Typically, a woman will have incontinence for six years before they'll mention it to their doctor. Wow. So... You know, that's amazing. You know, some medical professionals divide incontinence into two categories, stress incontinence and urge incontinence. So what do you do if you've got one of those types of incontinence? Right. Incontinence is a major health problem that affects about 13 million people. So we've seen that about 4 million men are affected. So men are affected as well. But the problem is a lot of it is women. So mostly women are affected. And anywhere between 10 to 35% of women are affected in some way. That's a big, you know, up to 35%. That's a huge amount. That's huge. So it affects women much more often than men. And very often women start to experience incontinence during perimenopause years. True. Right. So have you ever lost urine control when you laughed hard? I bet there's some people say, oh, yeah, that's happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or when you're doing jazzercise, that's another one. So you have to ask yourself, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Why are you suddenly leaking? You know, the urethral sphincter muscle, you said I that. got it out, <laughs> isn't working like it did when you were younger. So then you have to ask the question again, why is that maybe happening? Is this a perfect time to take a break? This is a perfect time to take a break. We'll come back with the answer for that. And you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. So I want to throw a little nutrition quiz at you today. So the first question, true or false? Licorice is a good snack food because it's low fat. I Hmm. hope most of you said false because a bag of licorice you would take on a road trip If you ate the whole bag over a period of time, that bag has 90 teaspoons of sugar. Wow. A bag of licorice. A bag of licorice. And that is something I used to eat on a regular basis many years ago because I thought, well, it's low fat. Yes. It was okay, but it's not. Licorice is very low fat, but it's very high in sugar. It's straight sugar almost. Yeah, pretty much sugar. That's the only, and corn syrup, of course. That's the ingredient. One more question before we take a break. Brown eggs have more nutrition than white eggs. Do you think that's true or false? When we come back, Dar will share the answer. So if you have questions today about incontinence, call the studio at 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, before I answer the egg question, I have another question for you. What do wrinkles, wine... And weight gain have in common. So to get that answer, (laughs) I invite you to join Madeline and myself for the Menopause Survival Seminar next Saturday. It's November 7th, and our seminar is from 1030 to 330 
at the Maplewood Community Center on White Bear Avenue. And, of course, we'll be talking about solutions for hot flashes, sleep problems, and low libido. Also, we'll share information about incontinence. So join us. This is our sixth time that we've presented this information this year. And usually we have about 30 women, Mm -hmm. which really allows us to answer questions and have a let people really ask questions as we go along. You know, I really believe women need education about menopause so that they can make the correct decisions for their own body. You know, we serve a nice organic chicken salad lunch and strawberries and real cream for a snack. So want more information? Call 651-699-3438 and you can sign up, ask any questions you want to. Mm-hmm. One thing, one more thing about that seminar. I think it's important just to know that seminar covers so many women's health topics yes. like osteoporosis and sleep. The first time I talked to my mom about this menopause seminar, she said, oh, I'm way past that. That doesn't apply to me. So some people have that first reaction, but we really cover a lot of topics that are helpful Yes, for I think, any person. I think if I remember right, at, our, at least at our um, class at the Maple Grove location, yes, we had people as young as late 30s, 37, I believe, right, and then as there there was one lady that was in her early 90s. Wow. And she was there because <laughs> yes. of osteoporosis again. Right. She right. wanted some answers. So, yeah, we cover a lot of topics there. It's really great. A great seminar. Mm-hmm. So, back to the egg question. Did you forget about that? Oh, yes. <laughs> Which egg has more nutrition, brown eggs or white eggs? So, let me answer this one. Okay. It depends on what the chicken is being fed. Chickens do best when they are outside eating grass and bugs. Of course. So pasture raised. Mm -hmm. Um, The egg yolk has more nutrients than yolks from chickens that have been caged or fed corn or soybeans. So good to know. Yes. So we had a couple of questions that callers called in. Yeah. And they didn't want to stay on the line. (laughs) But we had a question about. Is a relationship to incontinence and hormones. And I think the lady was saying that, like, maybe when she ovulates and before her period, she has more problems with incontinence. And that makes some sense Mm -hmm. because at ovulation, your estrogen levels dip up. Mm -hmm. And also, right before your period, your estrogen levels dip up. But your progesterone level is low. And actually, we're going to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. how important it is to have enough progesterone in your body to have good muscle flexibility, I think it would right. be the best word to say. Yep, that's so, important. So we're going to answer that one. And then, Joanne, I'm going to throw this other question. The other question was, some caller called in, what do we think about the McDonald's Egg McMuffin? Well, <laughs> processed food. <laughs> yes. So lots of sugar. But also there would be nitrates in the Canadian bacon or the bacon or whatever, the sausage, whatever the meat is on that egg McMuffin. So, and then processed cheese, you know, so just lots of ingredients that are not very helpful. And I'm sure the, um, the muffin, the, you know, has high fructose corn syrup in it. Yes. You know, so it's, yes, it's not a good choice. Right. It's better to scramble a couple of eggs at home. And have a little sweet potato with it. Yep. Or go on our website and find our egg bake recipe. Yes. 
That's a great choice. So we were talking about, basically, we're talking about we need to keep that sphincter muscle yes. firm and working. We do. So how do we keep muscles going? So the the bigger question is, how do you build and support muscle development and muscle strength? That is also going to apply to that sphincter muscle. So what food sources build muscles? We know it is protein. And usually animal protein builds most Builds muscles the best. And I don't think people realize that. Right. A lot of people feel like beans or other vegetable sources of protein might build just as well, but it really is pretty inferior. Mm -hmm. So maybe that is why women are much more likely to have incontinence than men. Women often eat less protein. Yes. Quite a bit less protein than men do. And I think it's always women are always trying to count calories. Right. Worrying about the calories, right? Which is it, it doesn't make any sense if they really start to look at things, right? And then women often pick some of those vegetarian choices, thinking it's a little bit low, lower calorie, but then you've got the beans in there, and that is a high carbohydrate food. Yes, which surprises people. Mm-hmm. So it may surprise people that changing what and when you eat and drink can make you less likely to have an overactive bladder. And that's what we're trying to do. Right. It's calm down that bladder. We do. So Dr. Christiane Northrup, she is the author of The Wisdom of Menopause, said that coffee is a known bladder irritant. So yeah. lots of coffee usually goes down every morning for a lot of people. Yeah, and several cups. Yeah. So for many women, just eliminating coffee and tea, mm-hmm. and tea too. Tea also. Reduces yeah. their incontinence problem. Yep. Well, you know, if you have a lot of incontinence, that's a pretty simple solution. That is. So I have found even decaf coffee is a diuretic. Yeah. And it can increase incontinence. And I think that's another mistake that people make a lot right. of times. Okay, I'll cut off the caffeinated. Cut out the caffeine. Right. But it's not any better. Right. So, so that still causes incontinence. So as long as we're talking about beverages. Mm-hmm. Did you know that alcohol, also soda, and even carbonated water can worsen an overactive bladder? So we often tell people that carbonated water is okay. Yep, we do. But, so like a LaCroix water, Mm -hmm. but we also encourage people to just have one a day. But maybe if you do have an incontinence issue, maybe just stay away from that LaCroix. And just drink filtered water, regular filtered water. water. So coffee, soda, and alcohol, they're all diuretics, which really, it makes your kidneys produce more urine. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think people realize that. Right. So even a little bit of caffeine will increase the amount of urine your bladder has to manage. Right. So drinking four cups of coffee will increase urinary urgency in most women and men. Right. But for many, even two cups is two cups too many. Right. So even for some people, one cup is one cup too many. Could be, yeah. So another major culprit to bladder control is artificial sweeteners. So you often find those in the soda. Um, Also yogurt, puddings, gum. Gum is a big source of aspartame. Mm -hmm. And most people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. And then also even in salad dressings. So it's low-fat kind of salad dressings. Right, right. 
So artificial sweeteners can cause your bladder muscles to spasm, creating an urge to urinate and increasing your frequency of urination. So what are those artificial sweeteners? We definitely are talking about aspartame, Mm -hmm. sucralose, and then one that a lot of people don't know about is acelfame. Yes. Because that is one that is almost identical to aspartame, but... We don't, Often it's marketed in aspartame-free products. Yes. People don't realize right. that it's an artificial sweetener. So that's it's kind of interesting. So think about what you're doing. You know, even like you said, gum. Yes. And even breath mints. Yes. I mean, yeah. It's, well, and gum is an interesting one. I had a client uh, about a week ago that pulled a xylitol gum out of her purse. And she said, oh, I have Trident here, but it has xylitol in it. So I said, can I see the package? And so I read the package. It it also had aspartame Mm -hmm. and sucralose along with the xylitol. Wow. So another marketing Mm -hmm. thing that just to try to make you buy that product. So if people think about this, just cutting those things out, may clear up their incontinence. Mm-hmm. What a deal. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> should we go for a break? We should take another break now. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Because incontinence can affect up to 35% of women, we wanted to share as much information on the topic as we can. We could use a two-hour show oh, today. there's actually. a lot on incontinence. There's a lot of information. So often when women are in menopause, they are told they're deficient in estrogen Mm -hmm. and that's what's causing their menopause symptoms. But if you listen to the September 5th Dishing Up Nutrition show with author and nutritionist Anne Louise Gittleman, you know that women actually become deficient in progesterone long before they have a reduction of estrogen. So when we come back, we will discuss further how lack of progesterone can lead to incontinence. So if you have a question today, give us a call, 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Often as women, we are prescribed estrogen cream for incontinence. And it really doesn't help much. I mean, I've had a lot of clients that have told me that. Right. I believe that that is the wrong hormone to use because starting at perimenopause, we actually become deficient in progesterone. Right. Because we're no longer ovulating. Mm -hmm. And to make progesterone, naturally, we must ovulate. So how does natural progesterone help with incontinence? Progesterone is needed to keep the skin and tissue flexible and supple and hydrated. Yeah. As women, our goal is to keep everything working. Like Dr. Northrup, the author of The Wisdom of Menopause, great book, by the way. It is. Said natural progesterone can convert into other hormones. And we talk about this in class all the time. Yes. It especially can convert into testosterone, which again helps build that strong muscle and it helps with libido. Mm-hmm. So we need strong muscles to prevent bl- bladder urges. And if you want to know more about progesterone cream and progesterone and hormones, all of it, come to the menopause pause class on November 7th, yes. basically. It's a great class. 
So we had a caller, I think. We have a caller. Okay. Yes. Let's... Nancy is on the line. Hello. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hi. You're brave um, enough to call in, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, my question is, I've been following the weight and wellness diet for the last, this, this is 12 weeks. Good. Um, Good. I, I've been going to the North Oaks Clinic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm I'm following this diet and taking my supplements and going to see Kate and doing all the things I'm supposed to, and I still have this terrible urgency incontinence. And um, I don't know. So first of all, are you on any medications? No. No medications? No. And you've cut out all these things that we've talked about so far, like coffee and tea and soda and carbonated water and... I have cut out. I actually started cutting that stuff out a year ago. Okay. Oh wow. And the only thing that I still do is like two cups of coffee. I think you have to cut that out. Totally. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, totally. Yeah, totally. Because you've got, you know, a pro- obviously a very sensitive problem. So I think you have to cut that out. I, you know, personally, I'd look at using some progesterone cream. I don't know if Kate has got you on that yet, but I yeah, think that I makes just, some just sense. That. Okay. Yeah. The other thing that I'd look at is you got to keep those tissues really hydrated with that. Mm-hmm. So things like omega-6 GLA is really important to keep those tissues working. And so probably six a day for a while. And of course... You know, you look at omega-3 fats, that's important to keep the inflammation down. So I don't know if Kate has got you on those things. Yeah, I just saw her yesterday and she put me on the GLA, so this is my first day taking it. Okay, well just, you know, just take a, it takes a while to get those tissues to kind of rehydrate and start working again. So cut the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Do those things and you know, keep in touch with Kate because I think we can come to the get the get it t- under control. Right. There's often a healing process, so which Dar was describing. So sometimes it just takes a little more time. Yeah. Okay. So keep up Thank the you. good work. Yeah, keep <laughs> keep up the great work. So Thanks. But keep in touch. Okay. All right. Thank you. So, yes, I think that's a great caller because it doesn't happen overnight. Right. This is a process of healing. It's kind of like if you want to, if you go to the gym and you decide you want to build some certain muscles. Well, to me, you have to be eating enough protein to build those muscles. Right. But you don't do it on the first time you work out. Right. And that often takes time with extra protein and good, healthy fat. Right. The combination of the two. Right. And that takes a little bit of time to heal. Right. Exactly. So going kind of back to our topic here, if you have a serious problem with incontinence, you know, I suggest making your diet as simple as possible. So I would eliminate, we didn't talk about this, but I would assume that probably Kate has her on a a pretty simple diet. Right. So I would eliminate certain foods that are inflammatory for most people. So I recommend eliminating all the gluten grains. 
mm-hmm. because they tend to be inflammatory. In fact, I go a little stronger. I just say, let's cut the grains out for now. Right. So if your sphincter muscle, the muscle that controls the urine flow, is inflamed, the sphincter muscle just can't work. And there's no shutoff valve. Right. It's kind of simple when you think it about is. it. And I've found when working with clients, also sometimes it's it's best to eliminate dairy products because that is a very inflammatory food. Mm-hmm. So that means, unfortunately, people sometimes people don't want to give up their cheese, but milk, cheese, yogurt, ice cream. Oh, that's the one that I find people don't yes, want to give up. Of course. <laughs> of course. And then there's lots of sugar there, too. So those dairy products are so inflammatory. And again, an inflamed sphincter muscle doesn't work very well. So then you say, what should, you know, you eat or not eat? So, of course, it goes without saying you have to stop eating sugar. So the question becomes again, why is sugar a bladder irritant? Again, sugar is inflammatory agent in your body. Right. You know, it's kind of a simple concept. I think mm-hmm. doctor, when Dr. Jacoby was on the show, I mean, he really went over that one a lot. That was a you great know, show. It's, it's really a really simple concept. Mm-hmm. If you have inflamed tissue in the sphincter muscle, the shutoff valve will not work the way you want it to. Thus leakage. Right. You know, and I think, again, just remembering the caller, I mean, I'm sure that probably Kate has her off of the gluten grains and the dairy products. But sometimes, you know, and we have actually read where it takes about nine months to get that gluten out of the cells. Right. And probably to reduce that inflammation, you have to get the gluten out. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's yep. part of the problem. It's just part of it. takes a little longer. Yep. We have a caller. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Yes. Kate is on the line. Do you have a question for us today? Good morning. Yeah. Hi, um, I, I just was curious. I'm I'm 35 years old, so I'm not, you know, the age of menopause quite yet. But um, I've been told by my doctor that I don't ovulate. We've had to go through fertility stuff to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question is, then does that probably mean that my progesterone level is low and then all of this information that you're talking about applies to me as well? Yes, it yes. does. Okay. Perfect. Yes. And I think, you know, that's, you know, and I mentioned that sometimes in our menopause class, we have younger women come mm-hmm. because they're in the same situation as you are. I think it would be a great class for you to get more information. But yes, I'm sure that you are very low in progesterone. Right. Uh, gotcha. if, you know, if, you're, if you haven't been ovulating, obviously you can't make it. Right. Right. So good question. Right, thank you. Thank you. Question. Yeah. Good. Some people are listening. Yes. Good. Definitely. So should we go ahead and, yeah, let's go ahead and take a break. Yep. Okay. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Joanne Rideout, registered and licensed dietitian. I see clients in the Wyzetta and Maple Grove nutritional weight and wellness locations. And I also consult with clients either by phone or Skype. I have many clients with menopause issues or incontinence problems. Yes, she does. I sure do. (laughs) I, I always tell people I'm of age to have a lot of menopause <laughs> clients. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I've experienced it. So give me a call at 651-699-3438 if you have a question. So I also teach many nutrition classes weekly. In fact, right after the show, In you're fact, going yes. off to teach. Today a- I'm going to teach a class on osteoporosis Yes, at, at my health club. So that's good. So I also teach nutrition classes, many of them, 
Um, another cause of incontinence is being overweight. And then often we find when we change our food habits to lose weight, we get rid of that inflammation. So that also helps us have less mm-hmm. bladder issues. We have the Nutrition for Weight Loss classes starting the week of November 9th. And when we come back, Dar will share when and where you can take these classes. So if you have any questions for us, call the studio at... 651-641-1071. Oh, yes. <laughs> Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, we're heading into the holiday season, and I caught myself last night <laughs> glancing through a cookie, muffin, and bread magazine, wow. and I thought to myself, <laughs> you don't bake. That doesn't sound like you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I cook healthy meals, but I don't bake. These are old, old, old habits that sometimes surface. And it actually throws us off of our weight and wellness eating plan. Mm -hmm. You know, holidays often bring bad habits to the surface. You know, we're just human, let's face it. So I encourage you to sign up for our Nutrition for Weight Loss program starting next week so you keep your priorities front and center. Nutrition for Weight Loss classes will help you make good choices through the holiday and you'll feel best that you possibly can. Right. And you'll enjoy the social events even more. Mm Mm-hmm. So Nutrition for Weight Loss is just a one hour a week class and we're teaching them in, listen to this, this is a whole list. All of our offices. Yes, Mendota <laughs> Heights, North Oaks, Maple Grove, Lakeville, Wyzetta, St. Paul, and Woodbury, and Eden Prairie. Wow. You know, we offer classes during the day. So if you don't like to drive at night, we've got you covered. And in the evenings, we also are happy to announce we have a new nutritional weight and wellness location in Eden Prairie, the new Eden Prairie location is our seventh location in the St. Paul, Minneapolis area. And really, it's it's a nice center. It's already, right. it's almost put together. So we're just off Mitchell Road in Eden Prairie. And everybody that lives in Eden Prairie knows where that is. Mm-hmm. And we're teaming with the Green Lotus Yoga Center. And we'll be providing counseling and classes at that location. So call 651-699-3438 for any additional information on classes and locations and times of day, and we'll be able to help people out. And we have lots of callers right now. Yes, we which do. Which still surprises me today. Yes. So let's go ahead and start taking them. Okay, Pam, you have a question. Pamela? Yes, I do. Thanks for having me on. Sure. I hear, I've heard somewhere along the line that there's bad omega-6s. So that's my first question. Okay. Is that true? Well, there's two different kinds of omega-6s. Like corn oil is omega-6, and that is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's an activated omega-6, which there are two of them. There's one that is comes from borage oil, which is GLA, and there's one that comes from evening of primrose oil, mm-hmm. and those two are activated, and they're anti-inflammatory. Okay. So people don't understand, a lot of people don't understand that. Okay, so... Omega-6 and GLA are not the same. No, they're really not. They're classified the same, but there's so many um, different fats that they throw into that omega-6. And there are some that are good, like, you know, like walnuts or no, like uh, almonds would be considered a, an omega-6. Good. Mm-hmm. Corn oil, omega-6, bad. Right. Other okay. vegetable oil, too. Yeah. 
And then my final question is, how much progesterone do you usually, I know it's the stuff that you apply to your skin. Yeah, only, I only, uh, like a fourth of a teaspoon. Mm-hmm. Once a day, twice a day? Once or, usually I start with people with once a day. Sometimes I go to twice, but usually once. I, I don't think, I don't believe in overusing progesterone. Right. Okay, so that's a natural, naturally derived? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Comes from wild yams. Yeah. Okay. So. Thanks. Those are good questions. So thank you. Yes. Thank thank you. you. So should we go ahead and get another caller? Mm -hmm. Tammy, you have a question. Good morning, Tammy. Oh, yes. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question and I have a comment. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll I'll tell you my comment first. I uh, was listening to one of the podcasts uh, throughout the week where you were talking about um, sugar cravings and magnesium, the connection between the two. Mm-hmm. So I am uh, one who has, I have cut out all grains. I, I, strict, I, I stick to the paleo diet, pretty much just meat, vegetables, uh, fruit, organics. But I'm, after I eat, there's always, I always say, you know, if I could just have a little piece of chocolate or just a little, there was always a little bit of sugar cravings. It was so hard to fight them off. So after I listened to that podcast, I went out and got some magnesium glycinate okay. and mm-hmm. started taking that. And even what I'm doing now is um, in the evening when I get that sugar craving, it's like, oh, I forgot to take my magnesium. Okay. So I'll take that first, <laughs> and within 10 minutes, the cravings, are they're gone. They have completely disappeared. I feel like you guys changed my life. <laughs> That's crazy. We know what we are talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and the thing that I'm thinking of with the holidays coming yes. up, yes. I love frosted sugar cookies, all of it, all yeah. of it. And so now before I go to a party, I'm going to take some magnesium. I think that's great. Yep. Take, yeah. you know, two to 300 or something like that of magnesium. Right. Yeah, right. great. I, I actually take two in the morning and two at night. Perfect. Uh, uh-huh. Because and, I, I, I work out a lot. And yep. so, you yep. know, I was having like eye twitches. and Yes, all night. signs of low <laughs> magnesium. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Great. So, yes, you guys have changed my life. Good. Um, and then uh, the question that I had is, can you tell me, do you know of any kind of supplements to help with eyes as we age? Yes. I, I notice my eyesight is dramatically changing. Yes, definitely. Uh, I would take like an omega-3 DHA, which is a special kind of omega-3. It's, it's from algae, but that's what our retina is made out of. And then there's a wonderful supplement that we have. It's called Foresight. And it is amazing product. It just okay. works. And okay. I mean, you know, just as a preventive, I take one every day. And okay. so somebody that maybe has some, you know, they don't want to get cataracts or they don't want to get macular degeneration or something like that. I have them take two of those and it's amazing. And it's called foresight. Is yep. that two words? Foresight? Two words. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, wonderful, good. Well, I'm going to start taking it. You, you are right on with the magnesium. You're probably going to be right on with that, too. All yes. right, Thank after, you so much. After a couple months, call back and say my eyes are better. Yes. Okay, yes. I will do that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye. So I think we have a lot more to share, so we're going yeah. to... For the, so the first step in preventing incontinence is to look to nutrition as your answer. So surgery, on the other hand, is the last step you want to consider, although some people do. Um, We want to try the nutrition first, definitely. So nutrition, eating good balanced foods is more work sometimes. Yes. But it carries fewer risks and we believe much more successful. 
So just to recap some of our suggestions, eliminating beverages that can lead to incontinence. That includes coffee, tea, soda, alcohol, or too much water. And sometimes people have nighttime water, questions about water at nighttime. And I always tell people to do water more at the beginning of the day and then try to taper off in the evening Mm -hmm. if you want to stay in bed at night instead Mm -hmm. of getting up. So the next suggestion is to stop eating gluten grains and dairy products. Both of those foods are very inflammatory. Exactly. So, and then eat enough protein at each meal and snack to support the muscles that control the shutoff valve. So again, eat a variety of vegetables at every meal for antioxidant support. And of course, we need to. Yes, we have to eat our fats. So do not eat low fat. Eating the healthy fat at every meal and snack is really important. So include butter, olive oil, avocados, olives, and coconut oil. So to remain healthy, flexible, and working tissue, you want to eat healthy fat. So, you know, do you have to ask, people ask themselves, do I have healthy tissue? Well, is your skin dry? Do you have wrinkles or dry eyes? Then you have dry tissue in other places. Probably. Probably places that prevent incontinence. So that's a clue. Right. So again, eat healthy fat at every meal and snack. So just a handful of nuts and a hard-boiled egg and a half of an apple, that's a perfect snack. Mm -hmm. So that's easy. So we talked about essential fatty acids a little bit with one of the callers. I think add some essential fatty acids as a supplement. I find my clients, if they're experiencing the beginning of incontinence or dry eye, they need higher doses of omega-3 fish oil Mm -hmm. and omega-6 GLA to correct the tissue dryness. Often I will have clients take four soft gel capsules of omega-3 fish oil Mm -hmm. and four to six of the GLA. So maybe it takes two to three months of the tissue to get hydrated with fatty acids. So if you're experiencing continence, I encourage you to make an appointment with a nutritional weight and wellness nutritionist. There are many nutritional reasons for incontinence. Often it takes problem solving and some time to eliminate that problem. So thank you for listening and thank you for your calls today. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.